A lot of you have been asking me for insomnia treatment options, so I want to let you know I have launched an insomnia treatment course. It's a very structured and effective treatment program with a lot of clinical evidence support. So one course is in Chinese and one is in English. You can find it at deepintosleep.co forward slash insomnia. I remember some sleep doctors told me that listening to bedtime stories would help our brain to calm down, to help our busy brain to transit into sleep better. In reality, there are a lot of people actually are benefiting from listening to bedtime stories. Today, we have V, a co-host of the podcast Snoozecast, and their podcast is all about bedtime stories. Their podcast already have millions of downloads and helped so many people to fall asleep easier. I'm so excited to have V joining us today. Let's hear what she can share with us. Welcome to Deep Into Sleep Podcast. I'm your host, Ishan. Let's dive in. Hi, we welcome to Deep Into Sleep podcast. Hi, Sean. Thanks for having me. I actually listened to your bedtime stories. I know you have a podcast called Snoozecast. You guys share some really wonderful bedtime stories, and your voice sounds so soothing when you read those stories out. So I'm very excited to talk to you more about that. Thank you. Well, I love talking about. All things sleep and being a podcast content creator—it's something that I I love to talk about. Wonderful. So I'm very curious. I know a lot of people think about sleep. Sometimes it's difficult to fall asleep. What make you to decide start such a channel using bedtime story to help people sleep? And I don't know whether that's your in, intention originally to help people fall asleep. <laughs> I could see it going the other way. That's true. Where we started with just wanting to share literature stories, it wasn't. It it did have to do with sleep specifically. So my husband and I, before we started Snoozecast, a few years before, got really into sleep stories to help us fall asleep. And for any listeners that aren't familiar, when I say the term sleep story, which also you could totally say bedtime story for it as well. A sleep story would be a story that's for someone of any age to help them fall asleep. So it's something that is specifically made with that intention. My husband, Nick, and I had been um, having some trouble falling asleep ourselves. I would take us a long time or we would need to have something playing like maybe a boring movie or TV show or something like that. And I didn't think that that was the ideal way to fall asleep. It felt like we were kind of reliant on technology that sometimes might be even overstimulating and defeat the purpose of falling asleep. It didn't seem like it was really the healthiest way to do it or the optimal way. So the first thing that we started doing is reading to each other. We would pick a book. So it was almost like our own little book club. We would take turns with who would be reading the book that night to the other one. And especially for Nick, when I would read, over time, he started falling asleep quicker and quicker to the sound of my voice reading. 
I would also like to, it would make me sleepy too. But it got to the point where sometimes it was hard for us to get through very much of the book. So even if it was a really exciting book, <laughs> we'd be only get through, like we'd be looking forward to reading it all day. And then at night, only get through 10 to 15 minutes. So eventually I found out about sleep stories on like meditation apps. And there's some books that are made specifically for children that are meant to be read in a way to help them fall asleep. I don't know if you've heard of that sort of thing as well. So we got really into them and started listening to sleep stories like every single night for a while, like over probably like two years. And the interesting thing that happened when we started listening to sleep stories was that at first we were reliant on them to help fall asleep. And over time, it seemed that it became easier and easier to fall asleep. And so it was almost like we became less and less reliant on them, almost like as if we were healing that kind of anxiety about falling asleep to a point where we found that we didn't need sleep stories anymore to fall asleep. We could fall asleep on our own, although it is pleasant. It never hurts to put one on. And that was such an exciting place to be, right? The other thing was that we started to get really into the idea of putting on our own show and any creative person starts to think, well, what would I do if I had my own show? And so that's what all started it. Oh, that's wonderful. Yeah. So sounds like you and your husband started from your own kind of like struggles maybe about sleep and figure out a way to really help yourself first. And then now I'm sure you're helping a lot of people. And I really like the concept you're talking about. Uh, I think that's a problem with a lot of meditation apps and a lot of uh, whatever method people are using. People always try to control their sleep. They're trying to rely on one thing or multiple things to put them self into sleep. But eventually, I think what really helps us to fall asleep naturally is our biology. But that shift going to take some time to, to happen. And sounds like bedtime story is a very gentle way to transit into that. You're right. It is a very gentle way. And it makes me think of all the different kinds of sleep medication that there are both prescribed and over the counter. And I've heard in one of your episodes, you mentioned something about this too. And I, it definitely resonated with me that like over the counter sleep medications, things like that, it's hard for me to use something like that. It makes me feel very groggy usually, but even if it didn't, the problem is, is that none of them are something really you could take every single night ongoing for the rest of your life. So sometimes there's a place for that to help temporarily, but there's also, it's so important to look for other tools to fall asleep that they're not a problem if you did need to use them forever, but that most likely you'll get through this time and your, your body's biochemistry will start to recalibrate and sleep will come easier to you. Yeah, I'm actually reading some research behind this, why sleep stories uh, can help people fall asleep. And mm. that's very interesting. I read something about, you know, our brain, you know, it's um, when we sleep, part of the brain is still awake, part of the brain is falling asleep. So for children, 
when they listen to things like bedtime stories, it helps with their language development, right? So their left brain, uh, the language logic part is still kind of like engaging, engaging in a way also they are learning and growing. But for adults, it's slightly different. For adults, when they listen to bedtime stories, actually it soothes the brain, the same part of the brain, but it's less engaged, it's calmed down, and it actually can relax the, all the logics and busy brain during the daytime. So I was like, huh, that's very interesting. So stories can do different things to our brain for children versus adults. But it also, I think, depends on how it is written and how it is read out. It can definitely help children to fall asleep too, but it just does different things behind the scene to our brain. That is so interesting. I'd love it if you, after the show, if you shared with me um, some of the what you were looking at with research for that. I'd love to see that. Um, and we have lots of listeners that are children or parents that write in that they say they listen with their children, um, along with lots of adults of all ages that listen. And what you're saying makes a lot of sense, especially for the adult part. Uh, I remember when I was a kid, I loved having stories read to me at bedtime um, by my father. But now it is just like what you said. It needs to be a sleep story. An ideal sleep story needs to be interesting enough that it will keep your attention from thinking about all the other thoughts that would be going on otherwise if you were in silence. We call it low stakes, right? It's not high stakes would be a book that is so enthralling to you that you don't want to fall asleep for it, a real page turner. That's not what we're looking for here. We're looking for something that is just interesting enough that it can eventually become background noise. And it's not a big deal if you don't hear the ending. Yeah, yeah. I often tell my patients uh, with insomnia that try not to listen to a horror story or, <laughs> you know, crime story right before bedtime. Try to find something uh, they find soothing that they don't get too excited or scared of that they listen to a little bit. It can help them fall asleep, not keep them awake. Mm -hmm. I definitely, we've had a lot of trial and error. We've have, I, I think we're getting close to 400 episodes wow. now since we've been, Snoozecast comes out three times a week, every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday since we started, which is two and a half years ago, back in January, 2019. So we have a lot of episodes and we've had a lot of time to learn what works best. At the beginning, there were things that we put out that now we would do differently. Now there's a lot more editing that I do to the stories. So there are some sleep story podcasts and apps that are primarily original writing, new writing. But what Snoozecast, what we do is we focus primarily on older works, often obscure stories that are now in the public domain. So we don't have to worry about copyright. And the reason why there's a few things that are nice about that for us. One is that it means that we have a vast selection to work from because when we were simply sleep story consumers, we found that there wasn't enough available for us. If you're listening every night, it gets boring listening to the same story multiple times. And 
perhaps now there's more available just in general, but what we thought would be important would be to have it be consistent and frequent. This way we're able to come out with episodes frequently, but we do end up, for example, we just did The Great Gatsby is coming out this week, which is a beautiful work of literature, but there's a lot of deeper and darker themes in the writing. So it involves looking for excerpts that are more descriptive and um, changing parts while still keeping the intent of the plot intact so that it works for snooze cast, right? Oh, yeah. I was wondering when you mentioned, you know, try to find this fine line, right? In in between what can yeah. people feel calm and relaxed. So it sounds like you do have this pool of work you can use, but you guys did a lot of um, work to to build it up, to make it really suitable for your listeners. Yes. And even a lot of our listeners love fairy tales. So we try to do fairy tales and folk tales from around the world frequently, like at least a few a month. And with those, of course, we hit the same issues where these are, this is writing from a hundred years ago, often, sometimes more. And there are themes in it or subject matter that we need to, we find that we edit. And it's, it's funny because in real, in real life, outside of a sleep story, I would love, I love to address all kinds of different topics, but with a sleep story, it should just be focused on sleep is what I'm trying to say. Yeah. Yeah. That reminds me of what you just mentioned, this sleep anxiety, right? Mm-hmm. Like a lot of people who look for sleep stories. Some of them maybe enjoy listening to something as a habit, but some of them, I would imagine they have difficulties falling asleep. They possibly have a very busy mind. They could not uh, shut down their brain after a busy day of work and life. And some people may worry about sleep. I notice a lot of people, if they have difficulties falling asleep for a while, sometimes even several days, they start getting really anxious about Mm -hmm. their ability to sleep. Have you noticed any of those from your listeners? Yes. It also sounds like you're describing me. (laughs) So I feel like we have two types of listeners. Some listeners have what I call bedtime anxiety, like what I have experienced myself, which is just a really busy, active mind. Depending on the day, you might not notice the anxiety aspect of that throughout the day because you're so busy. But it's once you finally get to bed, even if you were feeling kind of tired all day long and couldn't wait to go to bed, especially once the lights are turned out, my mind will feel like it's wired all of a sudden. And my voice inside my head is just talking a lot if it's silent and dark. So the sleep story is perfect for that because it, instead of the chattering of the mind, thinking about everything that happened or that is going to happen, instead you just focus on the story and you eventually drift off from that. And it surprisingly works very quickly doing it that way. So, so many listeners say that even though normally they would be up for an hour or two or more, they'll fall asleep within 10 minutes or so, which is very fast faster than normal. And then we have another segment of our listeners that 
I would imagine, of course, I'm not a medical expert, but it seems like they might have a more severe insomnia. And so they will write to us saying that they like our longer episodes that are 45 minutes and that they often will need more than one episode to fall asleep. So most of our listeners, I'd say just one, one and done, but some people need to put on sometimes two or three, depending on the night. And that's okay too. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Uh, I think everyone is different, definitely from sleep science point of view, there are people have more uh, severe insomnia, more possibly meet the clinical diagnosis. And there are people may just have some symptoms of it, right? Or they just uh, stressed out recently for several days, they could not sleep well. They are a little bit worried, but overall they possibly are okay. I definitely see those in my clinical work as well. There are different levels, but when you talk about stories and um, uh, storylines inside, I'm just wondering, whether it's actually similar or functions similarly to those meditations, the type of meditation gave you or guide you to imagine a certain kind of scene, guided imagery, we call it. So I sometimes lead my insomnia patient to imagine certain, certain kind of like very calming, peaceful scene Imagine they are there, they are observing, there's something happening around them. They feel safe, calm, um, very comfortable. Sometimes that helps them to fall asleep. I remember when I lead insomnia group, some people just fall asleep right there. So, and then normally after the meditation, I can ask people to ask questions and share. Some people just disappeared and never talk. The next time they tell me, oh, sorry, I fall asleep halfway through. Those are severe. Patients. Which they might not have fallen asleep in quite a while. So if they're finally falling asleep during that meditation, yeah. it's a beautiful thing. Right. So for your story, I'm wondering whether that function somewhat similarly, it guide people into this world of uh, story uh, plot and maybe people even dream about something happened in the mm -hmm. storyline. Yeah, there are lots of different genres or categories that we put out since we put out episodes so frequently. Something that I always look for that is really choice is when there is this kind of beautifully descriptive language in old literature that you can really get wrapped up in and perhaps have that kind of experience that's almost like the guided visualization meditations that you're describing. Some of our episodes that are very popular, so clearly they work really well for some people, aren't like that at all. They aren't the descriptive kind. For example, we have a series of Sherlock Holmes stories. And it might be because people just love the character of Sherlock Holmes, but I think it's also that even though it's kind of heavy on dialogue and it's just very, very detail-oriented talking about these scenarios, and sometimes the scenarios have some darker themes in it, of course, but it works for people. They, they'll listen to those episodes over and over again, and also sometimes it's, um, we have a category of nonfiction. So, for example, old books talking about herbal medicine or astrology or just 
or flower pressing or, or cookbooks are really popular. Old cookbooks, we have some that people love listening to this. So it's really, there's something for everybody, but it's also about just giving yourself an alternative to that voice in your head that still wants to, is kind of revved up and chattering to you that might bring up topics that are more stimulating and moving it towards something that is more soothing that can help you let go of that level of thinking so you can Uh, sleep. Yeah, that's great. Great to to hear there's so many more aspects than we can imagine. So your show has been out for like two and a half years now, right? Any interesting or outstanding touching feedback or stories you have heard from your listeners? I'm really curious. Yes, that's what really is the most wonderful part of this endeavor of snoozecast has been the feedback that we get from our listeners we have had countless people write to us about how it's basically changed their lives to be able to sleep better that they struggle with not just insomnia but sometimes with chronic pain or trauma and for lots of other reasons, they have trouble sleeping and that they've found solace in having a method to fall asleep and also voices that they that become familiar to them, almost like friends, to help them fall asleep and change that really, as I'm sure you and all of your listeners know, sleep is so important to the, your quality of life during the day and your happiness. So even if you're only listening to a little bit of an episode before you fall asleep, if it helps you to get an, an extra half an hour to hour of sleep a night, let's say, because you fall asleep quicker, that adds up over time. Yeah. Sometimes even you are able to get a little bit more sleep, even if you can feel like your sleep somehow change and improve a little bit. Well, I think it's a huge relief mentally. It really is. And I've read that there's studies that when the more sleep sleep you get, so the quantity of sleep that you get, not even talking about the quality of the sleep, but just getting an increase in the quantity of sleep that you get is equal to like winning the lottery in terms of increasing your happiness level up to a certain point. It's so fundamental to our happiness in our lives and our waking state that uh, it's something that I think that it's a a good thing to invest some effort into improving. Definitely. Definitely. Yeah. I love listening to your podcast, especially with your voice. Sounds like you're the one read out most of the stories, right? I do. I, I do love reading. (laughs) I always have. I, I, I've always loved reading out loud. I, I'm not a professional voice actor, though. It's not something that I, I, I know that um, a lot of sleep stories are read by professional voice actors. I'm just somebody that really loves books. I've always loved libraries, and I've always had a special penchant for books that are so obscure that it feels like like if you were in a, an actual library with versus now I I'm harvesting books from digital libraries, but back in the day to find a book that 
it was dusty, you know, maybe there's cobwebs in some old corner of the library and no one's picked them up in a long time, but that they might be some really beautiful stories in there. And now to have the ability to bring those stories to life for thousands of people every night that might have never heard it before is so exciting. Wow. I think the best thing in the world is to do what you have passionate about and what is also meaningful. And sounds like you're doing, you're combining them all to this wonderful work. It's great because when Nick and I started Snoozecast, we hoped that it would be successful and be something that would be helpful to people. But just like with any creative endeavor, you start it not knowing and you're taking a chance and a risk on it. And we did a lot of hard work to build it up, um, especially, you know, the first year. It's just, it's kind of a grind. You're, you're putting out all these episodes into the void and you don't know what's going to happen. I think that we really benefited from the, actually from what happened and just in the last year with the pandemic, because there were so many people that were looking for ways to help them fall asleep better. We were fortunate to be able to expand our audience in that way as well and connect with so many people. Yeah, nothing feels better than being able to uh, create something that is enjoyable to others. Yeah. Great. So if our listeners want to find more about your show and to know more and listen to the stories, how can they find it? Well, um, you can find us, first of all, on any podcast player, including the one that you're listening to now. And also you can find our vast catalog of episodes on snoozecast.com. They're all available for free. And you can also connect with us on social media. Uh, we're especially active on Instagram at snoozecast. Cool. I will put all the information on the show note. So people, when they listen to this, they will have a direct click to your show. That's great. Thank you. This is really wonderful, V. And at the end of our conversation today, I'm wondering, is there any final wisdom you'd like to share with our audience? You'd like to... Uh, really pass out some important points to to everyone? Well, um, I'd be happy to share my own tips for getting more restful sleep. The first one would be to go to bed earlier, which I know isn't probably what some people want to hear, especially if they struggle falling to sleep. I think that what happens is we end up pushing our bedtimes later and later. I'm saying lean into the opposite. If you're anything like me, it might take you a few weeks just to wrap your head around it because you might feel so busy that you couldn't possibly go to bed earlier, but try to figure out how you could do that. And that way you give your mind more of a transitional runway, so to speak, sort of like an airplane needs space to land. It can't just land directly down underneath it. Your brain needs time to transition to sleep. So you want pleasant nighttime rituals to help you fall asleep. And then another one would be to make sure that your bedroom is like a sleep sanctuary. And part of that is making sure that you have all kinds of things that help you fall asleep there. So I'm a big fan of a blackout sleep mask. I also have blackout curtains, things to keep 
the light out, a sound conditioner, if you're a light sleeper like I am, is really helpful as well. Um, a nice pillow, those sorts of things are really helpful. And then the final thing would be to reassessing your caffeine intake regularly. For me, I get kind of stuck in my rituals that I enjoy. So for example, having my cup of coffee or two can feel really good and I feel like I just have to do it. And sometimes that serves me fine. And then other times in my life, which especially as a woman with hormone changes that happen um, all the time, sometimes it doesn't, it isn't serving me as well and it's affecting my sleep. So it's always good to be adaptable and look at different ways that you can help your sleep. Even if it's something in the morning, it might really make a difference at night. Wonderful, wonderful tips. Thank you so much, We, for sharing this. I'm sure our audience can have a lot to take away. And hopefully many of them will go to listen to your stories and uh, fall in love with it. If you want to find out more about We's work, you can go to our website and check out the show note at deepintosleep.co. This year, I have worked really hard to put a lot of sleep improvement material online. So right now, if you speak Chinese, I have two online courses available. One is a sleep coaching course. So if you cannot sleep well for a little bit, you want to improve your sleep quality, that course would be helpful to you. It's totally self-paced. The other course I just launched is the very classic CBT for insomnia four-week-long treatment group. So I already put the videos online. You can watch the videos on your own pace and you will get a chance to engage in my weekly Q&A session together with other members to learn and improve your sleep together. So the CBTI course is for people with more severe insomnia, want more individualized, more evidence-based treatment to help you get over with your insomnia and get back on track to sleep better. So I have these two courses already out. You can find more information on our website at mindbodygarden.com slash course. This course information will also be available on the podcast platform at deepintosleep.co. I notice a lot of people with insomnia really cannot wait until my each group gets started. So hopefully this kind of online course in combination with live Q&A sessions on a weekly basis can really help people to get started of the learning and treatment progress at any point they want and get ongoing support from me and from other members who are suffering from similar problems. And if you have any difficulties and questions with sleep, don't be hesitant. Just email me and ask me the questions. I can either answer you through email or I will answer it in one of my podcast episodes by myself or I will invite the experts in the field to help you answer your question. Thank you for listening to today's episode. I'm your host, Yi Shen. I will see you next time. Sleep is an individual thing. 
We all sleep differently, and there is so much we can do to improve sleep quality. Keep hope and carry on. This podcast is for general informational purpose only and does not include the practice of medicine or other health professional services. Usage of the information we share is at the listener's own risk. And our content does not intend to be a substitute for any medical and professional services, diagnoses, and treatment. Please seek professional health services as needed. Are you suffering from insomnia? I promise you, the CBTI method in my course will definitely help you. Even if several nights of better sleep, that would be a world-changing experience for you. I have had so many success from my insomnia patients who have taken this course over the years. If you know someone who are struggling with sleep, go to my website and check out my course at deepintosleep.co forward slash insomnia.